You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. told my voice sounds like background noise, <laughs> so I'm going to try and enunciate. Um, too much information and also not enough information. These things can be very dangerous. I'd like to take you back in time, and it may be news to many of you glittering young people here. Once upon a time, England also had a long, hot dry summer. We called it the summer of the drought. It was the summer that I turned 16. I don't mind releasing that information. I have nothing to hide here. I want you to picture three 16-year-old girls standing by the side of a long, empty road with their thumbs stuck out. One of them's blonde, one of them's got light brown hair, one of them's got dark hair. Sarah, Teresa, Sarah. It was a very good year for Sarah's, the year I was born. There were a lot of us about. We all have fringes, which are kind of lank and sticking to our heads. It's been about 10 days since we could get a shower in the youth hostels. And we're standing there in our T-shirts, skinny T-shirts, slightly flappy jeans, pale denim with a hem that you trod on and that gradually detached and became bedraggled if you walked through water. We would have loved to have got bedraggled. There has been no rainfall. And we're standing there with our thumbs out. We're on our first holiday without our families. And our families have some information, but we decided that the fact that we were going to hitchhike was too much for them. Parents are delicate people. They, they just can't face too much reality. There's another bit of information. There are slightly mixed motives. My friends want to go to the beach and hang out with the boys. I want to go home. Not the place where I live, but the place that I think is my home, which are the Malvern Hills in the middle of Worcestershire. It's not my home. I've never lived there. My father was born there. Every year, until I was 14, every summer, we went there and we climbed the Malvern Hills. And then death took all that away from me. And I wanted to go back. So I had planned our holiday. We started in Penzance and we headed for Worcestershire. It's a long way. I was helped by the fact that in the youth hostels you could only stay three nights. And from Penzance to Hale to Newquay to Falmouth and then on the train to Bristol, 
we went by public transport. North of Bristol, out came the thumbs. And it was pretty good. People picked up us up. People uh, stopped, couldn't give us a lift, gave us bags of sun-warmed plums to eat while we waited. And here we were by the side of a road just near Ross-on-Wye. And there's nothing on the road. Suddenly, a small blue van screeches to a halt. The door opens, in we get. I'm in the front, Sarah and Teresa are in the back. And off we go at a tremendous pace. We seem to be closer to the ground than vehicles usually are. I think there was a problem with the suspension. Next to my jeans, to my knees, there's an open sack of cement mix and the grains add to my general sandy, gritty grubbiness. And the driver of the van has his hands on the wheel, but he doesn't have his eye on the road. He's turned to me, leaning over like this, and he is talking and talking and talking. He's got a great, somehow unfinished, blunt face, curly hair, and he is talking. I have relatives from Gloucestershire who have accents you could cut with a knife, with a miner's drill. I cannot understand this guy. One word, okay? I am so embarrassed not to be able to understand him. I am retreating under my greasy fringe and I am smiling and nodding and thinking, if he talks long enough, I'll understand something. And suddenly, from the back seat, Teresa goes, I'm going to be sick! And the van screeches into the weeds and out we get. And Teresa goes and puts her head into the undergrowth. And the driver leaves the door open. And he's still talking to me. And he's still looking at me. And he's saying, and I think, what does he mean? Oh, get in. And I don't get in. I wait to see if Teresa's going to be sick. And eventually, he drives off. The little blue dusty van screeches off. And Teresa, with her head in the leaves, isn't sick. Her eyes are rolling and she's clutching a magazine. The back seat of a van is covered with magazines. And that's what made her tell him to stop. And she's stolen one. Well, we have a quick look. It's baffling. We hitch further, we get to the youth hostel, we set up our sheet sleeping bags under our army blankets, which is what you had to do in those days, children. We had it tough. And then we sit outside and we look at the magazine. It's called Contact. Nothing in our lives has prepared us for the information. 
We don't know how to read it. It's like the Rosetta Stone. We don't have the key. There are familiar words alongside the little black and white pictures. The pictures are of women, not exactly undressed. Let's just say there's a lot of leatherette and a lot of holes in the leatherette. Some of them are accessorized. Some of them seem to be standing in a DIY dungeon. And all of them have their faces blacked out with a strip of something, just in case the neighbors see what they're up to, as if they didn't know. The description includes words which are familiar, but which we can't make sense of. Wife. We know what wives are. Our mothers are wives. Teresa is dead. Large men preferred. To, to reach things off shelves. Husband likes to watch. We know what husbands are. Our dads are husbands. Mine's dead. Nothing makes sense. And we know we can't take this magazine home. So on the last day, the youth hostel under the Malvern Hills, which I climb, and it's been on fire. There's been a wildfire. The whole hillside is destroyed. The whole thing smells of burning. As we're packing, we take the magazine and we slide it into the pile in the sitting room of the youth hostel. <laughs> and we leave it. <laughs> and I don't know what happened to the magazine or whose lives it affected. It went out there and became another story. So that was the summer of the drought. 22 years later, I was back in Britain. I'd been living abroad. I'd lived in Italy. And in my last few months in Italy, news began to come through about terrible things happening in a house in Gloucester. And Gloucester, for me, is where some of my relatives used to live. Somebody had been digging to try and find a missing girl. They'd found the bones of a leg, and then they'd dug a bit more and found the bones of two other legs. And my Italian friends would say, Sarah, this is normal in your country? I was like, no, not exactly. But then I went to Thailand for three years, and I didn't see an English newspaper. And there was, it was before the internet, kids. We had to make our own entertainment. 1998, I was back in England. And I was reading around stuff pretty idly. And I picked up a book about two serial killers, Fred and Rose West. And there was a photo of the driver, blunt, unfinished face, dark curly hair, there was a picture of a little blue van full of builder's material. He'd buried people that he and his wife had killed under patios he built, yards he finished, mostly but not only under the house in Gloucester 
which is now being completely razed and is a park. And there was a photograph of Rose in the adverts that they posted in contact mags. So I got a lot of information. One thing which sticks in my mind is that there were three of us and he was alone. We know that he killed people he offered lifts to. It seems like he often killed with Rose. But not only, each of them are known to have killed separately. And in the month, which was July of 1976, there's three years, it's right in the middle of three years, in which they are not known to have killed anyone. Not known. And I think that's more information than I can digest. It's like walking on a dusty road in the summer of the drought. I got a stone in my shoe and it turns around as I walk. And now I've given it to you. Thank you. Sarah Walker! Two Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website, truestorieslive.co.uk. We're super grateful to be supported by Arts Council England, Norfolk County Council and Writer Centre Norwich. 